Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back once again to another edition of the Dogland Podcast brought to you by Dogs by Nature, SB Nation, and Vox Media. I am your host, Jackson McCurry, joined as always by my co-host, Anthony Jokey. Anthony, what's going on, man? How are you? Not a whole lot. Finally starting to feel better. Uh, it's taken a couple of weeks, but uh, at least the, the worst of it from, from getting COVID is much better. So uh, at least there's, there's that going on. So that's good. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you're feeling better, man. I know having had it twice, uh, I know that first week or so post COVID is always kind of rough, but you, you start to bounce back after about a couple of weeks. So I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Yeah, the the worst part was like the first few days I couldn't sleep because I couldn't breathe. So you can't get better if you're not resting. So it's just like a bad cycle. So um, and I'm just glad that that's finally gotten over with. For sure, man. I'm glad you're doing much better. Um, you know, the Cleveland Browns have stayed busy since the last time we sat down and did a podcast. Obviously, you know, last week we sat down to discuss the initial wave of free agency, but, uh, the Browns haven't been resting. They've been adding pieces, bringing back pieces. Uh, we had a, we had a, a piece leave, which we'll get to at, at this point in the podcast, but, uh, talk about some of the returning players as we get things rolling here on the podcast. Uh, we actually just got word a couple hours ago, right before we sat down to record, that linebacker Anthony Walker is coming back uh, on a one-year contract. Um, he did visit the Washington Commanders this week, so there might have been a. I think there was some uh, fear in the Browns fans that potentially we were going to lose one of our leaders on the defensive side of the ball. The linebacking room uh, hasn't been totally addressed. Uh, so far in free agency, although I think there might add an, a couple more pieces here. Uh, but yeah, um, this is going to be interesting uh, bringing Walker back because he's coming off the quad injury uh, that he suffered week three last year. But yeah, Anthony, it's good to have a walk back in the fold was definitely a leader on defense. And before the injury, he was playing some of the best uh, football of his career so hopefully he gets back 100% and gets back to the level of production he was having those first few weeks of the 2022 season. Yeah, he was playing really well. Uh, he's definitely a leader on defense. Uh, you know, I think the guys in the locker room really, really appreciate him and listen to him. But you, with him returning, you kind of have to wonder about the linebacker room because not only do you have him coming off an injury that you resigned. You have Stealing Takitaki coming off injury uh, that you resigned as well. So you got a couple linebackers both coming back from injury, and you hope, you know, that they're ready to go for the start of the season. Um, you know, it, it makes you wonder what, what kind of their, their plans are because you can't go into training camp and into preseason into the regular season with you know, this being your kind of only option at the moment. So they, they have to figure, I think, something else out. I would imagine, you know, if these two guys work out well, that's great. But 
you know, there still needs to be a, a couple more ad- additions to, um, you know, this group to, to really, you know, to be comfortable at that spot. Yeah, definitely. I think the linebacking room as a whole could use another veteran of sorts. Um, you know, they have JOK who's entering year three. Uh, you mentioned Sione Tonki Tonki. He resigned last week on a one-year deal, but he's coming off the ACL. Uh, Walker's back. He's coming off the quad injury. Jacob Phillips is coming off another injury. Um, you know, he's entering his final year under contract. Tony Fields is entering his third year. So, and then they had, they added two more to the linebacker room, which we'll get to here in just a moment. But I do think they need to add something, um, whether it is another veteran of some sorts. Um, I know people, some people are clamoring for Bobby Wagner. I just don't see that being a legit option. Uh, Denzel Perriman was a name floated around, but I think that was more or less if Walker didn't come back. And I think Perriman signed with the Raiders today. Uh, right at it was like coincided right with the Walker news. So um, I'm not sure what their intentions are. Maybe they add another uh, rookie in the middle rounds of the draft uh, to solidify that linebacker room because there's a lot of youth there. I just think they need to add another veteran of some sorts. Yeah, I agree. You know, somebody that's going to be, you know, reliable, uh, you know, in that locker room, definitely on the field. So, you know, the, the, the plan is right now, hopefully they could add a, a couple more pieces. And, and I don't know who that would be, but uh, whether it's, you know, a veteran in free agency or, or maybe a couple, you know, in the draft, they, they, they got to fill a couple more spots there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Just looking at a quick list. Zach Cunningham is available. I uh, was with the Titans for a few years. Uh, Deion Jones, who the Browns brought in last year, he didn't play well. So I really don't have any interest in bringing him back. Miles Jack who flamed out in Jacksonville was with Pittsburgh last year. Uh, He's also available. So there's some veterans out there uh, that the Browns might want to look to bring in um, to bolster that linebacker room. So only time will tell for sure. Um, The Browns also kind of settled the debate on who would be the backup quarterback. Uh, Josh Dobbs is coming back on a one-year $2 million deal, uh, which was announced on, I think, Friday night. Saturday night. I forget what it was one of the nights last week. Um, or no, it was actually Monday. I'm just my days are all mixed up, but Monday night, Josh Dobbs agrees to a deal to come back. Hasn't officially signed yet, but I think that kind of puts to rest who the backup quarterback's gonna be. I'm sure there will be an open competition between him and Kellen Mond. Uh, but I feel like uh the Browns wanted to solidify that room. Josh Dobbs performed well as the backup for the Browns last year. And then when he got his opportunity in Tennessee towards the end of the season, he, he showed some promise and a couple starts for them. Um, So Dobbs is back. I would say Mond is definitely the guy on the bubble, but I think at the same time, they might have an open competition, Anthony, because Dobbs or Kellen Mond stayed inactive as the third quarterback on the roster for all 17 games last year. So the Browns like something uh, in his game. And now they're going to have it be an open competition, I would think. But I feel like Dobbs, just because his $2 million is also fully guaranteed, that he he definitely has the edge in that competition so far. Yeah, you know, he's, he's been around for a while. Uh, you know, he just turned 28 years old. Uh, but he's been in the league for six years. So he, he's been around for, for a minute. Um, yeah, I think it'll be open competition between the two. You know, I, I think with the the – 
two million guarantee that they gave Dobbs. Obviously, I think uh, you know he's the, the front runner for that. But you know, maybe their hope is is that Bond can perform well enough that he goes out and beat him and kind of forces their hand uh, in things. But you know, they did carry three quarterbacks all year last year. Uh, you know, for you know a variety of reasons. But um, you know, I I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if the roster will shake out to where they could do that again this year. Um, and it seems like Bond is uh, liked enough that I don't know if they'd be able to, to try and sneak him on the, the practice squad, uh, you know, after the, the, the roster cut down. So, um, you know, hopefully one of these guys shows that they're, they're ready to be, you know, that they can be, you know, a good enough backup. Hopefully we don't need them, um, you know, but um you know, I, I think the competition will, will, will be pretty good and, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully we don't see Mond or Dobbs on the field. I think the infamous quote from the uh, former Colts QB coach, Tom Moore, uh, was once asked why Manning's backups never got any practice reps. And he said, quote, Fellas, if 18 goes down, we are we are effed. We don't practice effed. So that pretty much just tells you, uh, you know, the important there's an importance to having a, a good backup quarterback. Um, but when we're in a window where we have a potential elite franchise quarterback like we do in Deshaun Watson, um, we can't get too caught up in who the backup is, how much money we're dishing out for a backup, because we have a lot invested in Deshaun Watson already. And you can't invest too much more in a backup quarterback. So glad Dobbs is back, but hopefully we don't see him or Kellen Mond on the field uh, during the 2023 season. Yeah, you know, it's very rare where you find a case with what happened in, in San Francisco last year where where two guys go down and then your third guy who was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft plays well, you know, and, and then he goes down too. You rarely find that. Um, and they still won all those games. That, that, that's a rare situation. Yeah, for sure. And Anthony, I'm glad you brought up San Francisco. Did you see the report about uh, Ben Roethlisberger acknowledging that the 49ers reached out to him last year to come out of retirement? Uh, yeah, I saw that you shared that. That's that's pretty pretty interesting. Um, uh, I, I wonder if they'll they'll touch upon it. Uh, did they touch about it in the podcast? Is that where the report came from? I think so. Obviously, like the tweet that I shared was just like a screenshot. So I didn't see like if he mentioned it on his podcast or something, but yeah, that that was really interesting. And the fact that Ben even considered it. I mean, obviously one more payday, one more chance to potentially win a Super Bowl is something I think that'll weigh on anybody's mind, but it would have been so weird to see Roethlisberger and anything besides uh, black and gold, especially if it was like San Francisco, because that would have just been even more bizarre to see him in red and gold. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if they they reached out to. I would imagine maybe they reached out to Philip Rivers too. You know, because I, yeah. I I kind of remember seeing a report uh, maybe a month ago that a team had reached out uh, to him during the season or something. But uh, or even maybe for this upcoming season. Um, but yeah, you know, I I guess when you're in that situation that they were in, where they're down to their their fourth guy, you know, I guess you kind of have to you know figure out something, especially you know, with them being a playoff team and, and going as far as they did. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was, that was pretty wild. Um, You know, so the Browns, Anthony, we know the special teams unit was bad last year. It was atrocious. Uh, they moved out Mike Prefer. They bring in Bubba Ventrone and, you know, they make some small 
depth signings this past week, but it was more or less to you look at these guys, you dive into their their PFF grades, you know, their snap counts, everything, and you see like, okay, this is why they brought these guys in. It was for depth, but also for the special teams unit. The Browns re-signed Jordan Kananzik, who was their top-graded special teams guy, according to PFF, this past year. Um, they bring him back on a one-year deal. They also signed Mike Ford, who was in Atlanta recently, has been in Denver and in, in Detroit throughout his career. Uh, another special teams guy. They also bring in Matthew Adams, a linebacker uh, who played under Ventrone in Indianapolis, was with the Chicago Bears this past season. So they bring in three guys to not only provide depth at some key positions, corner and linebacker, but this was more or less moves to bolster the special teams unit. I think this is guys at Ventrone and was probably going to Barry and to the personnel guys, like dive into these guys, watch some film. And I think these guys could help the special teams unit. So we'll see they're coming on one year, cheap deals. They might not amount to anything. They could just be camp bodies, but I think the emphasis was get some guys in here that can help on the special teams unit and also provide some depth at positions to where in a pinch, like Mike Ford, for instance, he's played some slot in his career if Greg Newsom goes down or, you know, whoever they want to put at the slot corner position, Mike Ford can step in in a pinch and provide some depth at those positions. Yeah. You know, it's nice that, uh, you know, this roster is at a point to where you can kind of make those, those free agent signings for, for special teams. You know, you're not having to, to fill a roster, you know, for, potential starters and backups, uh, you know, you kind of fill it to, to fill a special teams void that, you know, was not very good uh, last year. Um, you know, I think I saw that they were the, the worst in, in punt coverage, uh, allowing almost 13 yards return and league average was around uh, eight or nine yards. Um, so, you know, hopefully this, this unit gets better and these, these couple uh, signings here uh, should reflect that. And, and improve upon that uh, as well as, you know, the return of, of Taki Taki because he plays well on, on special teams as well. So, um, you know, hopefully this unit, uh, well, all, all the special teams units will, will get better, you know, obviously starting with the, the field goal kicking. And, and I think that's the main thing. Uh, but, you know, if you get better on, on punts, you know, punt coverage, uh, punt return, uh, kickoff, it's not as important anymore, I think, because a lot of those are, are touchbacks nowadays. You don't get the opportunity to to return a lot, uh, so you don't have to cover as many. Uh, but you know, if you can improve on, on the punt coverage, a punt return to to really focus on field position, you know that that's definitely a, a big focus, and hopefully that these signings uh, will be able to help reflect uh, and, and improve upon those poor statistics that they had uh, the last couple of seasons. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Mike Ford did not grade out well at special teams, but um, I know that from what I read, he was a gunner for Atlanta. So I think that's obviously vital. Like you said, on, on punt coverage on, in that aspect, Matthew Adams graded out as an elite special teams guy in 2021 in Indianapolis. So obviously this is someone that Ventrone, I think had much respect for in his game and the way he uh, covered on the special team side of the ball. And then Kananzik graded out twice as an elite defender uh, 
on special teams for the Browns last year. And he obviously had to step up and play more linebacker towards the end of the season because of injuries. So uh, the Browns, you know, wanted to address, I think, upgrading the special teams unit. And like I said, provide adding some depth to some positions. So they definitely address that this week. And I'm sure they can, they will continue to do so throughout the off season, obviously with undrafted free agents and guys towards the bottom of the roster. Um, because football is a sport where it takes all free phases to win a game and, you know, special team coverages um, is something that, you know, the Browns definitely need to improve upon. Cause like you said, punt coverage, kickoff coverage, uh, they did not do so well in uh, last year. That's something hopefully Bubba Ventrone will clean up. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, I, Obviously, you know, it goes to the whole unit, too, and that, that includes the punter and, and the kicker, too. So hopefully those areas can uh, be improved upon as well. Yeah, definitely. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, cover some more topics. So uh, we're going to, you know, be right back. Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. And Anthony, you know, unfortunately, like I mentioned at the top of the show, one of the Browns uh, free agents uh, ended up signing with another team today, uh, running back Dearness Johnson, who there was interest in bringing him back. He decided to sign a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars to back up Travis Etienne. Um, so now the Browns sit currently with Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, and I guess you could say Demetric Felton because he's both running back and wide receiver um, as the running back room. Currently uh, there's been rumors out there that they might bring back Kareem hunt uh, who I haven't seen any teams linked to him. So that's obviously something to keep an eye on, but uh, Dearness Johnson, uh, you know, he was a really feel good story uh, during his time with the Browns, I think 2020 against the Cowboys. He, 
rushed for nearly 100 yards when Nick Chubb went down with an injury. And then in 2021, he stepped in when Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt were down with injuries. The Thursday night game against Denver when he rushed for over 100 yards and was a huge part of why the Browns won that game. And then the season finale against Cincinnati, he rushed for over 100 yards again. Uh, a, a really feel-good story for Dearness Johnson, who, you know, bounced around a little bit after his time at Central Florida. Uh, and now he goes and signs with Jacksonville, where he, you know, he's going back home to Florida and could be in a, a spot where he gets some uh, carries alongside Travis Etienne. So it's unfortunate that Dearness goes, but, uh, you know, feel good for him because he goes back to Florida. Yeah, he's a you know a nice player. Uh, you know, starting on special teams and 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 improved well enough to, uh, you know, be able to to do a good enough job. You know, when his number was called upon in those couple instances, like you mentioned, uh, where he rushed over 100 yards. So, um, you know, it's sad to see him go, but you know, just unfortunately with the the numbers crunch, you know, I I don't see that there's you know too many potential opportunities, you know, for him because of you know obviously having Nick Chubb and. You know, they drafted Jerome Ford last year, who I, I think they believe pretty high on uh, for him to do a lot of different things. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, Dearness has a good opportunity down there in Jacksonville uh, in, in that spot to be able to, to do some things and hopefully get some carries and um, hopefully he makes the most of this deal. And, and, you know, Jacksonville gets a good player down there. Yeah, absolutely. Guy with a lot of heart, a lot of uh... – uh, toughness, uh, a guy that I think can provide some good carries for any NFL team. And now Jacksonville gets them. Uh, I mentioned the running back room right now. And I forgot about John Kelly. He's still on the, he's technically on the roster uh, right now. But Anthony, when you look at the running back room behind Nick Chubb, you have Jerome Ford, who was a fifth round pick last year. Uh, expect to get an increased role this year. Uh, John Kelly, who's been on the practice squad the last couple of years, uh, always, provide some good carries uh, in the preseason for sure. Um, but when you look at this running back room, are you open to them bringing Kareem Hunt back? Do you want them to go uh, like I do, just draft somebody and then, you know, go with Chubb, Ford, and a draft pick? Or do they go out and find maybe another potential veteran back uh, to ease Ford into his new role as the second running back? Yeah, it's an interesting thing because obviously you have a, a lot of resources tied up, uh, you know, cap wise with, with Nick Chubb uh, and, you know, rightfully so with what he's able to do, you know, for the offense. Um, but when you look at a guy like Jerome Ford, the versatility that he, he has, he's able to do a lot of different things. Um, you know, I definitely expect him to have a, a much bigger role uh, in the offense this season. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt, I, I open to him, coming back but you know it has to be the right number and he just has to look better than he did last year he looked like he lost a step uh or, or two uh he just didn't seem like the, the right guy who you know uh had those sudden bursts that that could you know get get through those holes in the offensive line uh he just seemed to um you know get uh get swallowed up pretty quickly uh when he hit the line of scrimmage and, and that was unlike him you know he, I don't know if he was playing hurt or, or not, uh, but he just didn't look the, the same guy. So if he's better uh, and, and 100%, you know, I'm definitely open to it. Um, you know, with the, the draft, like you mentioned, there's a lot of guys 
uh, at the running back position uh, in the draft this year that uh, I, I think could be a, a good move for the Browns. Um, you know, it's a, it's a deep uh, running back class. You know, obviously you have John Robinson who's going to go to the first round, but behind him, you know, there, there's quite a handful of guys uh, that could go in that you know, third, fourth round range that, that I think would be, uh, you know, a good fit. You know, you have Tank Bigsby from Auburn, Andre Miller, TCU, Ty J Spears, Tulane, who I see in a, in a lot of mock drafts that, uh, you know, we have done and, and Alex has done. Uh, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, who's a small but real uh, speed guy. Uh, Sean Tucker from Syracuse. So there's a lot of guys in that third, fourth round uh, range that I, I think that where they could go, uh, go running back and, you know, maybe they fall to the, the, the fifth or sixth round uh, because there's so many and, you know, running back isn't exactly a high valued position anymore uh, in the NFL, but um, maybe some of those guys slip to, you know, being a UFDA as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with, uh, you know, if Hunt, if that's the route they go, or if there's still, you know, a free agent out there that, that they like that, you know, won't cost them, you know, uh, a, a lot of resources cap wise. Uh, but I'm definitely, you know, open to uh, a draft pick where you, you know, have that, uh, you know, control for four years at, at, at a good amount uh, contract wise. Um, and with the deep running back class, I think that's the route I would go. Oh, well, we got breaking news, but I'll, I'll just to wrap up your point. Um, yeah. I, when I look at the running back class and Alex has said um, that he sees seven starting caliber backs and I'm sure that includes B. John Robinson. Um, but yeah, every time I do a mock draft, it's like the fourth, fifth, sixth round. I'm adding a running back. Uh, Sean Tucker from Syracuse is a name that continues to pop up on mocks. Uh, Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, uh, Roshan Johnson, who got hurt right before the combine, but uh, definitely has some potential there. Could be a definite uh, late round option for the Browns. There, There's tons of uh, options there, I think, for the Browns. And I just think that there's that's something that they definitely need to do. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what comes of the running back position. Uh, but Anthony, we got breaking news and I'll let you uh, fill the listeners in on what the, uh, what the news is. Have we ever gotten to do this while on a podcast? I don't think so. It usually happens after, after we're done. <laughs> which I made the joke right before we hit the record button that uh, this was going to, something was going to happen right after uh, we got done recording, but go ahead and let people know what we're talking about. All right. The Cleveland Browns have made a trade. Uh, they are trading for Elijah Moore uh, from the New York Jets, who just signed uh, Nicole Hardman this afternoon. And in return, uh, the Browns are sending uh, pick number 42, uh, and they get Elijah Moore and pick 74 back. So the Browns uh, get another speedy receiver, uh, a deep threat, uh, and uh, pick 74 in exchange for pick number 42. So we drop down 32 spots uh, and pick up Elijah Moore. Yeah, so this is really interesting, and it's and it's so funny because uh, Elijah Moore has been someone uh, that's been discussed during the offseason when we talk about wide receivers that could be obtained in a trade. Obviously, you know, the last 20, actually for like the last week or so, we've discussed Jerry Judy because we did discuss it on the last episode. 
Um, but Elijah Moore has always been a name mentioned, uh, 22 years old, uh, former second round pick of the New York Jets in 2021, uh, 5'10", 179 pounds. He's a speed threat. Uh, he's under contract for two more years at a relatively cheap cost. Uh, so it fits what the Browns need. And Anthony, we've talked about how they've needed a wide receiver um, that can stretch the field. Uh, it, it's this is an interesting move. I didn't expect us to trade 42, but the fact that we uh, ended up getting another third round pick back in return, um, it, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if I would have done this, but uh, for the cost, because uh, I think if we were picking trading 42, I would have done that for Jerry Judy. Um, but Elijah Moore is a good player. Um, obviously been plagued by uh, Zach Wilson struggles in New York and, it just so happened when Moore was or when Wilton was out last year when he got benched, Moore shined as a receiver. So this will be interesting. It fits what the Browns needed in the wide receiver room. And um it's I'm it's I'm shocked. I'm really shocked that they did this while we're recording a podcast. Um, but I do like Elijah Moore, so it'll be interesting to see what Stefanski and company have in mind for him. Yeah, you know, it seems like this is the kind of trade where uh, you kind of plan on him being here longer than these last two years, uh, you know, giving up that, that second round, that, that high second round pick, um, you know, that, that the Browns has. So now you have a receiving room of Amari Cooper, uh, who had a thousand yards uh, last year. Um, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones who's kind of coming to his own and is ready for a contract extension. You now have Elijah Moore, uh, who's a real uh, a speed guy who I think will, will fit well uh, in this offense uh, for what they want to do. Um, so, you know, you have these three guys and obviously you have David Njoku uh, at, at tight end. So uh, Nick Chubb, you have really some, some solid weapons now. Um uh, you know, around Deshaun Watson and obviously a really good offensive line. So, um, yeah, I, I think this gives them what they wanted. You know, we, we've talked about Anthony Schwartz a lot and uh, what he the, – the potential was there for him to, you know, maybe be this kind of guy who could, you know, take the top off defenses and, and, and whatnot. But he just has not been able to do that, you know, over his first couple seasons uh, with the Browns. So, you know, they go out and get a guy uh, – and honestly, you know, I don't know if the cost too because you're kind of in a, in no man's land there, and sitting at 42, where you know you don't you don't have access to the, the top guys in the draft. You you probably have access to you know a lot of players that are graded the same, um, and are really going to get the wide receiver at that point that is better than Elijah Moore. So, you know. I don't know if the, the, the cost is too much, uh, but being able to, to get a, a pick back to, you know, a, a top hundred pick back, I, I think is, is a great move, uh, you know, and, you know, getting a, a receiver like Elijah Moore, who you hope uh, can, can integrate into this Browns offense really well um, for, for what they want to do and throw the, the ball, uh, you know, throwing the deep ball a lot more. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, with more, you know, his rookie year, he had 538 yards on 43 catches and five touchdowns. Um, last year, he had 446 yards on 37 catches and one touchdown. Um, I think he he does what we wanted him to do. He's a guy that can, you know, 
catch a quick slant and he's shifty and elusive enough that he can burn you for like a 60 yard touchdown, somebody that can get yards after catch. I think that's somebody that uh, we really needed a guy that can separate um, because people's Jones and Cooper are more the contested catch type receivers. We needed somebody that can break away um, when, you know, getting a catch. My thing is, and I always thought we were going to trade back if we had kept pick 42. When I do mock drafts, Anthony, I'm sure you've done the same. Josh Downs is a guy that's sometimes there at pick 42. Sometimes he's not. Uh, you you put it best. The top receivers, we weren't even going to sniff them. The Jackson Smith and the Jigbas, the Quentin Johnsons, the Jordan Addisons, uh, Zay Flowers, who some of the Browns Twitter people love. Uh, Jalen Hyatt screams Anth another Anthony Schwartz. The only difference is he can catch the ball. So that's why I just didn't know if that would have been a, made a lot of sense if he would have felt a pick 42, a lot of mock drafts. He don't. Um, so getting somebody that is, is slightly proven and Elijah Moore still only 22 years old. So it kind of fits what the Browns need in that age criteria for wide receiver. He's, uh, controllable for two more seasons if he pans out maybe you sign him to an extension after you extend donovan people's jones hopefully this offseason amari cooper i still think only has one more year left but i think the wide receiver room's a lot better i think it still opens the door at pick 74 or pick 98 to get another wide receiver to add to this room i don't think the wide receiver room is done by any means they did bring in marquise goodwin for a visit on Monday, so in end of Tuesday. So if they add another veteran to the room, right there gives you four solid receivers, a David Bell, and then the sixth or potentially seventh wide receiver spots opens up to a competition for Anthony Schwartz, uh Isaiah Weston and Mike Hartley, guys that you know were hopefuls last year. The wide receiver room got better. I still think they need to add another piece potentially in the draft or as a veteran free agent, but I, overall, I like the move. I just think, and I think they needed to make this move because they needed to add another sort of weapon to the mix to the wide receiver position. Yeah, I, I forgot about David Bell uh, when uh, I was rattling off the wide receiver room, and you know that's that gives you four guys. Uh, Absolutely, you know, at the moment there, uh, you know, I just threw the trade into the the PFF mock draft machine and and kind of went down the pick seventy four uh, that they got back. Um, you know, a few guys available. Uh, in, in this mock draft, and I'll even include, you know, one of the guys that was picked right before, um, Jervon Dexter uh, from Florida, the defensive tackle, uh, Nathaniel Dell, wide receiver, Houston, uh, Garrett Williams, cornerback, Syracuse, uh, Carl Brooks, Edge, Bowling Green, uh, Jamie Robinson, Florida State, uh, safety, wide receiver, Michael Wilson, Stanford. So, you know, some decent guys uh, there, you know, in that range, um, you know, that, that gives them a, a, an interesting spot to be in uh, now, you know, early in the third or about the middle of the third round. So um, we'll see how it goes. You know, obviously they, they have a plan, uh, you know, they can keep on adding. Uh, so now, you know, we'll, I think this, this wide receiver room, I, I think is pretty well set. Uh, I, I can see I can see them adding you know another piece. I don't see them making like another uh, another big uh, trip move. You know like a you know like bringing back OBJ. I know Miles Garrett's been trying to recruit him uh, according to Instagram. Um, 
You know, I, I don't see, you know, a Jerry Judy trade now. I think you could put that to bed. Uh, so um, I, I don't see another big move, but I can see, you know, another, uh, you know, another draft pick, you know, coming to the Browns and, and maybe, maybe an extension in, in the near future for Elijah Moore. Maybe that, maybe that uh, is down the road here. Yeah, definitely. We'll see how he gets uh, inundated with Cleveland and obviously how he performs. Uh, this year we have him at 1.4 million and next year about 1.8 million. So uh, relatively cheap for a wide receiver that um, has some playmaking ability. Uh, we'll definitely see it. It wasn't the wide receiver move we've expected and we'll close it with this. Uh, there was obviously a ton of rumors over the last 24 hours or so. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon about the Jerry Judy a potential trade. Um, you know, the rumor was, and this is coming from Denver side of things that they want to pick 42 and Greg Newsom, uh, Wyatt Teller's name was thrown out there as well. But ultimately I'm guessing the pri the Denver's demands was too rich for the Browns. Obviously they went in another direction, uh, getting Elijah Moore, but you know, Anthony, uh, cause I brought it up. It was obviously in the notes for, the podcast um were you okay with them giving up pick, at least pick 42 for jerry judy and would there have been a player uh, that you would have been okay with giving up for a, a talent like jerry judy who obviously was a former first round pick another receiver that was plagued by bad qb play in denver um but would have been a great acquisition for the browns but obviously they went in another direction yeah, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a few options there that, that probably would have made sense uh, based on, you know, the the, the current roster. Um, you know, I, I could have seen, you know, Peoples Jones going back in the trade. I would have been okay with that if you're getting somebody like Judy back. Um, I, I could have seen uh, Grant Delpit, um, Harrison Bryant, and I don't know how much value there would be there. Um, JOK, I, I, I would, I would keep, I, I would not have traded him. So, um, Wyatt Teller is an interesting one. Uh, I think that one, that's one you only do if you fully believe, uh, in Nick Harris and Pochick at the same time to, to be your, you know, combo starting, uh, center and guard. Um, uh, but I, I think those, those couple Grant Delpit, Peoples Jones, um, I think I would have been uh, been okay with. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Greg Newsom is somebody I wouldn't wanted to move. I know a lot of people are indifferent on him by his social media presence, by his uh, unwillingness to want to play slot. I don't think any corner wants to play slot. Like some guys are a star in that role, but when you're a former first round pick like Newsom, you had a good rookie year as an outside corner, and then you get moved inside, and you know the narrative changes with you. And obviously your pay, your future pay uh, changes as well uh, when you move outside to inside. I mean, that does mess with you. And I, I, I can see why Newsom's frustrated. I think we all seen the talent in him as rookie year. I think the Browns handled the nickel position uh, poorly after they traded Troy Hill and didn't have uh, someone to fill that role. But yeah, I wouldn't want to move him. I would have been okay I would have understood why they moved Wyatt Teller. Like I like Wyatt Teller. If they would have moved him, I totally would have understood it. Um, Cause at the same time you have Bill Callahan and he's one of the great offensive line coaches of all time. I know you don't want to like break up uh, a, a solid unit, like the offensive line, but 
if you're trading from a position of strength to bolster another position, corner or offensive line would have made a ton of sense. I just don't see if that Grant Delpit or a Martin Emerson or a Harrison Bryant, like you mentioned, would have justified uh, Denver's uh, willingness to then trade Jerry Judy. I just don't think that would have made any sense. But all that discussion is uh, a moot at this point because the Browns did upgrade the wide receiver position and it wasn't even for Jerry Judy. I have a question for you. Yeah, go so ahead. this is the second offseason in a row that the Browns have made a, tra- a trade for a wide receiver. Last year, they traded for Amari Cooper, and we saw how well that worked out. Do you think that this trade for Elijah Moore is going to work out the same, better, or worse? Um, I mean, it's tough to say just because Elijah Moore has been a, what, second or third guy in New York. He's had his highs and his lows. Um, he's coming to a spot where he's behind two pretty good receivers in Cooper and Peoples Jones. I think he should get a ton of open looks. Um, hopefully, you know, Deshaun Watson gets back into uh the form he had in Houston. And so I would think Elijah Moore is gonna work out, but only time will tell. I mean, it's only March 22nd. We got about less than six months before week one. But I I've seen the talent Elijah Moore has, and I think this offense, if it's going to expand the way we think it will, that he has a chance to really thrive here. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you know, and I, I wonder with, you know, Amari's Cooper, uh, Amari's Cooper, Amari Cooper's contract coming up uh, after next season, right? Or not this season, but the next year after 2024. Is that yeah. right? He has two years left. Yep. I wonder if maybe the long-term thing is you sign Peoples Jones and Elijah Moore long-term uh, and that'll be your, your your top two for a while. Yeah, definitely. Um, the one other thing I like, and shout out to Moore for you, Cleveland. Uh, they said that uh, Elijah Moore played slot 341 snaps last year and was out wide 385. So he's a guy that's versatile, much like an Amari Cooper that can play outside and can play the slot as well. So uh, Stefanski's got another toy to play with on this offense. Somebody, somebody that they can move around inside it out and uh, create some mismatches, hopefully for opposing defenses come this fall. Okay. One more question. I'm sorry. (laughs) Does this uh, open up the potential for an Amari Cooper trade? Uh, Because you now have people's Jones and uh, Elijah Moore and you, after the season that uh, Amari opened up and with how, you know, people have been paying premiums for wide receivers recently. Will this open up a trade for you? Next off season. If Next. anybody wants to take Cooper's $23 million cap hit. So that, that'll be something definitely to watch. I don't see them trading him now. I think uh, just because we acquired Elijah Moore doesn't mean we, we get rid of somebody at the position. I think Amari Cooper still has a ton of good uh, play left in him. And I think he's going to be a key part of this offense come, uh, later on this year only oh i guess only if somebody wants to overpay for the, the for him i guess would be the only way i would go to of course but i i just i don't see that happen and and, it, and the cap hits another thing like it's 23 million because of the restructures last year i mean you look at what brandon cooks just went for you would think what deandre hopkins might go for in a trade I, we won't get more than what we i think gave up for amari cooper and i just think he's too much of an asset to to 
uh, hold on to. Like we need to hold on to him because I think he's a vital part of this offense uh, this year and hopefully next year. I mean, crazy things happen, but I just think he's going to stick around at least for the 2023 season. Yeah, I think so too. And, and you know, to kind of to wrap it all up here, uh, you know, obviously a very good offensive line, Deshaun Watson, and you can throw out there at the same time, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, um, David Njoku, and Nick Chubb. I, I think that looks pretty good uh, for personnel-wise. Yeah, definitely. It, it, today was a good day. The Browns, I think, got better. Um, we'll see how this trade plays out. We'll see how it affects the rest of the offseason as well. Um, because now like all the mock drafts we've done just got ripped to shreds, and now we have to uh start tinkering with having our first pick at pick 74, which people were asking, Well, who are the Browns gonna take at 42? Now it becomes who are the Browns gonna take at 74? Which if anybody can answer that question on March 22nd, I will uh I'll uh and if you get it right, I might Venmo you or Cash App you some money come draft night. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to buy a lottery ticket at that point. Uh, that, that's pretty much the equivalent of it right now. <laughs> you know, uh, Andrew Berry is making the draft pretty boring for us uh, these last couple of years. You know, last year we didn't have uh, a pick to, what, the third round? Uh, yeah, because so we now, traded back and our first pick was Martin Emerson, and that was that, in the third round. Now it's the same thing. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's going to, you know – it's going to be fun, I, I think, but you know, it's, uh, we're not going to have to, um, you know, wait around or we're going to have to wait around, but you know, at least the first night we can kind of just take off, uh, for the draft. So that, that's fine. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's good. And shout out to Mary Kay real quick, Mary Kay Cabot, because, um, about an hour ago, she put just going to dust this off from last week. I have no sense. This is in the works, but Brown should consider it in the wake of the jets, signing McCole Hardman and it's her article from last week where she mentioned that the Browns should try to trade for Elijah Moore. So if Mary Kay knew that this was uh, in the works, kudos to her for hinting at it without essentially hinting at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, she, she does a good job uh, and, and, you know, props to her for, for getting this, you know, that's good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so as we wrap things up, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, go check out Dogs by Nature for the latest on the Browns free agency and the trade of Elijah Moore. Um, check out the other podcasts on this network, The Dogs Table. Uh, I think they should have a new episode coming out this week. Uh, in the meantime, follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. Follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry08. And follow The Dogland on Twitter at The Dogland. Until next time, Browns fans, as we get on out of here, as always, go Browns. This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.